Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey you guys, it's Please Advise episode 133. I brought back one of your fave guests, Andre Vermeulen. Did I say your last name? So right? close. Vermeulen. Vermeulen. Yeah. I'm getting, guys, by the time she's on the show, like for the fourth or fifth time, I might have it. Um, how are you doing? Good. There's a new season of Angie Tribeca out right now, right? Yeah, it's airing right now. Um, are, are you getting stopped a lot? No, that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> No, but people are, like, starting to recognize, like, we just did Upfronts, which is a thing mm-hmm. where you have to, like, for people at home who don't know what Upfronts are, you have to, like, it's, like, how TV works. So every network puts on this big presentation for ad execs, and they decide where they want to put their money. So we have to go and just be like, hi, and, like, look pretty. And normally, I feel like such a, like... What would it be like the youngest child of the family or something like everyone's stopping everyone else asking for autographs and pictures and stuff and like no one knows who I am. Middle child. Yeah. Okay. So Mm -hmm. the middle child. That's right. The youngest child's like praised, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm an only child, so I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, But last year there's a little more, and then this year there were more, and there were people attempting to call out my name, uh-huh. which was very funny. Oh, I was really like, Andre, Andre, and I, I was just like, I didn't even correct them. I was just nice. Do you I, have to do like a lot of like, are you on like a press line doing that part of it too? We had to do like a red carpet, mm-hmm. and then this year we didn't have to do press interviews, which was nice. That's good. Yeah. Damn, upfronts. That's like, you're right. That is something that most people probably do not know about. Yeah, it's like how TV runs. Yeah. It's this age old and thing. It's, so, it's like so important. Like the yeah. TCAs too is like that, right? Yeah. Like there's a yeah. day that you have to go out to like the Critics Association and give them yeah. kind of your spin on your show. We did that last year. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think it's different now just because TV programming has changed so much. It used to just be like, you would only program from September to May and then everything else was reruns and mm-hmm. people don't do reruns anymore. They no. like program show- shows for the entire year. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, that's good for something. It's good for my TV watching schedule. Yeah. It's good for work, for people. It hasn't been good for me. <laughs> so you guys – um, uh, since you're a repeat guest, you don't have to give three reasons why you're qualified. I think everyone knows you're Thank qualified. And you were God. here when I had like a fucking mental breakdown about yeah. that lady who wrote that crazy letter. Yeah. Um. So I'm not going to cry today. That's a promise. Okay. And I, I may will. be too tired to cry, which is good. Like I might, it might be so not crying. I'm like uh, emotionless. So if you notice that within me, it's not you, it's me. It's the pumptinis. It's 
I have a DJ James Kennedy size hangover. So it's, oh my God. it's pretty big. <laughs> um, do you watch Vanderpump Rules at all? I don't, but I know Ariana. Mm-hmm. I just we, know her from life. We met uh, Guillermo, um, the manager of Vanderpump um, or of Sir last night. And this is really weird. And I would like your take on this. He's a okay. successful manager of a owner restaurant. Yeah. He's one of. Lisa's only partners, um, except for Tom Sandoval, I think is going to be her part- partner now. Um, okay. Ariana's boyfriend. Um, but um, he's in a Cialis commercial right now. And I don't understand why you would be in a boner medicine commercial if you also own a successful restaurant. That's so weird. Like, is, is it – do you think that maybe he just more than anything would just like to be famous? I guess so. I'm sure that took a lot of convincing. I want to know like how they spun that for him. They're probably like, everyone knows that you don't. They probably think you don't need this. Yeah. But we're trying to show people that like even cool, successful guys sometimes need a little help. We like tweeted from the account like we're with the boner medication king himself and he retweeted it. What? Yeah, like we were afraid to tweet it while we were in the restaurant because we were like, we don't want him to like come back to our table and yell at us. Oh my God. So we, we, we sent it after he left and like literally the fact that he retweeted it was such a surprise to us. Like That's we were like, so interesting. I wonder if he even knows why we call him that. Maybe he doesn't even know he was in a boner medication commercial. Maybe they just took some stock footage of a man walking a lady down the street that he did, you know, 10 years ago. That's so weird. Because it, it does also seem like it's not – it doesn't seem like the right move to like, oh, this will like make me a credible actor. Like no. that's something that you do when you're broke, right? Yeah. Like, commer- like commercial it's like, um, and stuff or breaking your teeth. Jamie Lee Curtis, right, doing the poop yogurt. Yeah. That's like – Lisa Rinna and Depends. Yeah, that's like Whoopi really – What did she do? What did she do? She did like um, – a- it was like a depends situation, like adult, like in case you leave for older oh, ladies, like oh. sometimes you get up from the chair and, you know, a little bit comes out. You should have these like panty liners or adult diapers. Yeah. Wow. Chris Jenner did that, too, because then she she um, she pees when she laughs. Oh, We're having so many kids. Wow. What happens? You start to pee when you laugh. Yeah. I'm not interested in that. That's crazy. I think I would. Kegels. That what, is that what prevents it? It's like muscles. These those oh, are yeah. all muscle control. I'm, oh, Squeeze I'm them. Good. Yeah. Um. That's so <laughs> gross. Um. There's a fine line. I feel like I always battle with like wanting to be very honest and real, mm-hmm. and not putting like a unrealistic ideal for women out there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I like to have a little feminine mystique. Sure. And, like, not expose everything that I do. Sure. All of my tricks. So it's interesting. That's just within me to battle those things. So I'm like, wow, all right. So if I was approached, if I'm, like, in my, I don't know, late 60s, right, and I'm approached with, like, a feminine diaper situation. Yeah. I don't think I would do it. Right. I would want to keep my mystique alive. Right. But maybe I would speak about it, uh, I don't know, on a podcast or something. No, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I think that, like, Lisa Renna said she did the Depends ad because she and Harry, like, hadn't been working. Harry Hamlin hadn't been working. 
Okay. And she's like, that's how we like – she said it saved her bacon. Wow. Because they like had no cash. They were like – and you know, they live in Malibu. They had two daughters and like yeah. she was like kind of out of the spotlight. In fact, like I feel like I didn't even know who Lisa Rinna – I didn't know she was an actress by trade okay. until – what? I was a huge Days of Our Lives fan growing up when I was a kid. So yeah. she's like the best Billy. Like I can't no. picture her. <laughs> you can't picture her? No. You will like she's one of those people that like you'll not wear. She has like the um like she's famous for her big fake lips. Like she's like a lip oh, and with the that, dark like, hair. She has that little like wispy short haircut. Yeah, I think I own know it, baby. Who that is. Yeah. Um but so yeah, she did that. And I always thought yeah. of her as some sort of like red carpet personality like i had no idea what her deal was like that she was maybe famous for being famous sort of thing or being married to someone famous but no she has her whole career i remember that my great grandma used to watch soaps every day yeah i never really got them i never understood them they still have them i know i don't know anyone who watches them you know, I think it's, it's it's probably the same audience that, like, does HSN. Like, that, okay. like, actually buys things from, like, yeah. HSN and QVC. Like, they're, like, at-home passive viewing. Your mom buys yeah. stuff from QVC. Like, what? Uh, she just got me a pot set. Like, a pot and pan set. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great. <laughs> like, jewelry, little things like yeah. that. Yeah. The closest to QVC that I come is just watching Lori on Shark Tank. Yes. Talk about how she's the queen of QVC. Yes. And one time I did the shopping channel, which is the Canadian QVC. Yeah. I used to work for a makeup company. I think I said this on the last time, but we went on the shopping channel. Uh So I did the demo like on air. You had a joy moment. (laughs) Yeah. I was like doing, I had a model and I was doing the makeup on her. You did tell us this. I didn't tell you that part, but I might have told you that I worked as a makeup artist for a while. Yeah. That I think you did say. Yeah. How did it go? Oh my God. I don't know. I mean, the brand no longer exists. So I guess we didn't do very well. Yeah. (laughs) That was like a few years later, though. It just, I mean, the reality of it is that she refused to sell to a gigantic company. And there just comes a point where you cannot put out enough inventory you can't you can't have enough inventory and then put it out and you just can't keep up with the demand when you're a tiny company yeah and so you get stuck in this little pocket and it's just becomes very stressful i put like starting a makeup line up there with like the delusion it takes to think you can open a restaurant and have it go well like it's just such a niche market there's that it's so expensive to like get just like the startup sort of stuff for it. Like yeah. I really do think of it as like a fool's errand. Like I worked for uh, social marketing for like probably my fault the company shut down for like a little known makeup company. And this woman was like, I just saw her like putting all of her money into this company. She wound up getting totally scammed by like someone who promised to like use her makeup in Dubai or something. And then she yeah. went flying to Dubai. Like, like the girl completely abandoned her at the airport. It was wow. insane. It was like this whole like crazy thing. And I just think that like you're – it's such a difficult business and like, you know, no one is going to be Elizabeth Arden. So like no. when you like – you don't start out like – you really, it's like, who do you go to? Who do you ask advice for when you're launching your makeup line? Like, yeah. You know, so it's, I really do think that's like an underestimated, really difficult job. Yeah. And if you get it made and you're a independent company, mm-hmm. the quality of the product is usually very good mm-hmm. and you care a lot about it. And that is so expensive. 
And then a big company buys it and they buy a lower grade of all the ingredients mm-hmm. and the product changes. So you have yeah. to just like sell your soul. Yeah. And abandon the thing you cared about. Yeah. I was asked to like write something about makeup recently and I was like, my passion's just not there. No. Like I was like, it's just not, it's not something, I'm not even like, I just don't, like I'm, I'm not a vain person. The only aspect of vanity I'm obsessed with is like maybe curious about other people's obsession with it. Yeah. Like the whole like contouring thing blows my mind and like yeah. not in like a fun way. No. Where I'm like, ooh, what's this? Like, you know, like – um. It's, I'm just like, that's fucking freaky. Like, why would you Why would you ever need that much stuff on your face on a day-to-day basis? It's awful. One time, a couple of years ago, someone contoured my face, and it was so bizarre. Mm-hmm. It, I kept thinking, like, why do I look so weird in all of these pictures? Yeah. And it's because, like, they contoured my nose. And, like, I don't have a nose that – I don't even know what kind of nose needs to be contoured. I – I would say none. Yeah, um, but you have a very like good bridge of your nose. It's very like it's yeah. It's not like wide, too wide, or yeah. like it's not overly long. I don't know, whatever. But it so because my nose is not very wide. When they contoured it, it made it look very so long skinny. and skinny. Yeah, and I was like, what is happening? Yeah, it was so weird. Yeah, and I just have no one's ever done that again. But I had to specifically for a while be like. Um, just to make sure, like, you're not going to contour. Please don't contour my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if anything, like, if anything, you would probably just need a little bit of highlighter on your nose or for a picture or something like that. I don't even do that. I'm just like. No, it's, like, weird that they would do that. Your nose is, like, perfect. But, yeah, I think that, like, well, there's always some level of contouring. It's just, like, it's that freakish thing where it's, like, I literally do not know what to do with the makeup palette that has like dark dark brown makeup in it and then just like white makeup in it too and I'm like what like like literally the color white I'm like what am I supposed to do like how would you ever blend these things together to equal one face shade like how would you ever pull that off I actually think it's a lie like I watch these beauty bloggers like blend themselves out and I'm just like this isn't this isn't real like this isn't how like no normal person could achieve this at home. You had no. to have gone to school or you have to have put like your 10,000 hours into it. Well, the other thing is these bloggers who do it or mm-hmm. these like Insta famous people, we're seeing them in a picture or a video. Mm-hmm. But if you – if they walked outside, I'm not sure that would look good. I always am like, well, how do you move about the world? Yeah. Like, it's so weird to think like whenever you – I mean, it's shocking to see someone with that much makeup on. Yeah. It really is. I know someone who is pretty great at their makeup. It was really interesting for me. I saw that she had sort of like shaded under her jawline to create like a stronger jawline, I guess. It makes your face look skinnier. Yeah. And like at dinner with her, I could clearly see that makeup. But then we took a picture and I couldn't see it. And I was like, oh. Yeah. But I care about the real life. Yeah. Like I I don't know. It's just interesting. It's I'm not saying that's wrong. I, it's just interesting to me. I would be really I would have like an OCD panic attack of if someone could like see this the swab of my makeup. I feel like that's embarrassed. That's like that's like up there with like visible panty lines for yeah. me. Where it's just like why would you Yeah. Why I would just you wanted want to that? blend. If you can avoid it. Why would you want it? Yeah, you know. Mm. I feel like we care about that too much. Like, who cares you, well, you about don't care about panty, panty lines? Yeah, like, well, you you, you seem to like really love to like 
grandma underwear or something because this has come up twice <laughs> where you've been no, like, I don't have I don't grandma care. underwear, but it's just like that's like so minimal to care. I don't know. Here's why. Because if you're wearing a certain with if I'm wearing jeans, I'll wear whatever underwear I want. Right. But like if you're wearing a dress and you, you've got something clinging to your ass, like you don't want it to be like, oh, I'm wearing this other lumpy thing underneath the dress. That's it's making lines where exist. you don't have lines. It's make, it makes like little rolls where they don't need to exist. No, I mean, I've worn a dress with underwear before, guys. <laughs> like, I just think like it's just too much thought is put in. I don't know. They're, yeah. <laughs> but my thing is like if I have visible panty lines, then too much thought is being put into what underwear I'm wearing more than if I had just put on a thong that day. Yeah, or just no underwear. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, that's where I actually get weird. Like, really? I, to, I am, I don't feel safe. Like, without underwear on. Like, you think I'm you're going to get a disease? No. Like, I just am like, this is too vulnerable. Like, there needs oh. to be something between my crotch and the world. Like, there just needs I get that. to be. Like, I don't – I mean, I, I, I'm i very – I admire women that can wear, like, a short dress and be like, I didn't wear underwear. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have gone. Like, but I – I will wear a dress without underwear for sure, but a very short dress, no. Yeah. Because I would not want any contact with any sort of seat or something. That was a whole plot line on this season's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that, like, took the show over. It was that Erica Jane. Do you know who that is just from, like, pop culture? No. She's, like, a fabulous woman. She's married to Tom Girardi, who was the um, lawyer in Aaron Brockovich, who, like, came in and saved the city. Like, basically, he is a big-time lawyer. And um, he has this, he's married to, like, you know, what's considered to be, I think, a trophy wife, but I think she's the shit, Erica Jane. And she didn't wear underwear to a dinner party because she had on a short white dress that was like basically like even if she had worn a thong, you'd be able to see it. So she wore nothing. And one of the other women's husbands like got a little like upskirt shot of it, like just like looking. And so it was a whole thing this season where another person bought – bought like the woman whose husband saw it, she bought her a pair of underwear and was like, maybe next time you could wear these. And like Pantygate was like the whole season. Like it went on so long, like the conversation around whether or not Erica should have been wearing underwear, whether or not Dorit was inappropriate for giving her underwear, like whether or not she did it on purpose, like sabotage her marriage. Like it was like, it was so ridiculous over that. And I just kept thinking to myself, like, thank God I would never even be in that position. Because yeah. I wouldn't – I would just say, oh, then I can't wear that dress. Because if you can't wear underwear with it, then I can't wear it. Yeah. That is tricky. If it's so short, I would definitely want something. Mm-hmm. But you got to get those like laser cut that don't cut into you. Yeah. Like a nude laser cut. I like panty. those. I, I've accidentally bought them. And Wags I them. is giving me a bath. Oh, he is. Yeah. He's been cleaning me a lot lately too. It's very loving. Um. Good boy, Wags. Um, so do you want to take some phone calls today? I know we have a bunch of oh, yeah. good ones. That's what we do here. We yeah. take phone calls. Do you want to do that? Yeah. Okay. Hi, Moles, Christina, and guest. My name is Mackenzie. I am 20 years old, living in San Diego, um, going to school here. And I just had a question about what I should do with a roommate situation. So basically, um, my roommate right now, wants to live with me again next year. She is a great person and we got along fine, but there's been a few things where she kind of sometimes makes me feel bad about myself and kind of judgmental. 
And so she hasn't been the easiest person to talk to when it comes to friend situations, like in a friendship. But as a roommate, she's been fine. Um, I got an opportunity to live with some other girls next year, and she really wants to tag along. And I just don't think it's best for me, but I also don't know how to talk to her about it. And I don't want to, like, leave her without somewhere to live. So I'm just trying to figure out the best way to um, make, make both parties happy. So she has somewhere to live and is still happy and doesn't feel like I'm just leaving her without anyone to live with. But also so that I know that I'm doing what's best for me, which is really hard sometimes. So, um, yeah, any feedback, it would be great. Thank you so much. Love your podcast. Uh, so yeah, please advise. I have to say, I think that it's like quite sweet that she's even thinking this way, although this is probably not the way she should be thinking. I think I think it's a sign of you being a good person that you are even this concerned about this because it's not your responsibility to ensure a home for this other person. And it's very kind and considerate of you to think that way. I was just saying it reminds me of a young me. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, if somebody is making you feel bad, Mm -hmm. you do not need to have that person around you regularly. You can be polite and distance that person. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's pretty imperative that they're not in your immediate intimate circle. Yeah. Because that sort of person – pushes you down, which you think nothing of it on a daily basis, but over time, it adds up to you feeling less confident, you achieving less, you thinking less about yourself, and it's just a nightmare. And when you when you set up boundaries with people who perhaps don't treat you the way you deserve to be treated, yeah. another door opens, you, you do invite in people who will treat you the way that you deserve to be treated. And it's really just important to, I don't know, you you can you can set boundaries and, and say, you know, I don't want to live with you in a kind way. You can just say, you know, you don't even have to say, I don't want to live with you. You can say, this has been so fun. I'm going to live with, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. Yeah. It's really been great living with you. Um, and I'm going to move on and live with these people. You know, you don't you don't invite her and you don't need to go into why you don't want to live with her. You just set that boundary pretty strong that she's not invited, but in a kind way. Yeah, it sounds like this girl has kind of like assumed that she can tag along, which is like that's awkward because now all of a sudden you do kind of have to explain to her why. And I think that This is why I love college and I think college is so important is it's like necessary for an extent for people who just graduated high school to have this sort of like incubation period where they figure out how to be a person and stand up for themselves and how they want to interact with people. And um, again, like you're so right. Like, you know, when you bring – when you keep negative energy in your life, you just – you're keeping it in your life. You're choosing to be in this purgatory that you don't have to be in. Yeah. And I did have this like realization recently that like there are bad things that I carry on me 
like accessories like where it's just like oh I bet I've got this one friend that I'm writing with but like I don't like the way she talks to me or like I have this one thing and I don't like the way that this looks or like whatever or every time this guy comes over this happens but you know overall he's great like those are things that I wear like a like they're as meaningless to me as a bracelet so why not just take it off just take it off and I think that what people do, and it sounds like you're doing what I have done, spent a lot of time doing, is thinking more about other people than other people would ever think about me. Yeah. So I do think that this is presents an interesting situation where you can make a change here that will, like, honestly set you up for how you deal with things like this for almost the rest of your life, which is just and give yourself this positive experience of going to her and saying, like, hey, like, I want to – brand new fresh start next year. I want to move in with these girls. Like, you know, there isn't really a room for you like, or base, you know, basically like based on, you know, I just, I just don't feel like this is something I want to carry into next year. And it's not because I dislike you. Like I actually really care about you, but like, I just, I just want a different roommate. Like, I think that that's a fair thing to say. And, and by the way, like that's, exactly how people wind up ruining their college experiences is not being able to say something like that to their friend and just like carrying someone with them for four years because they were randomly assigned freshman year. Yeah. And I think, you know, Mackenzie, you're probably like I have been and still am to a degree terrified of conflict. Sure. It's so scary. And probably what we're saying right now sounds insane. Like, how am I going to say this to her? That's more terrifying. And I think you're probably wondering what her reaction will be. And you're scared of what her reaction will be, especially if she's someone who hasn't always been kind to you. And I think a practical thing to do before you approach her um, is write down what you're going to say. Mm -hmm. That's always really helped me. Write down what you're going to say and try and keep it in I feel statements, not you did. 100%. Like, Always put I just feel like I need a change. Um, thanks so much. This has been fun. Just be polite and you don't need to tell her because you're not going to change her, unfortunately. So you don't actually need to tell her in detail what you think the problem was between the two of you or the dynamic don't even go into it because that's going to that if anything will create more of a conflict than anything don't tell her what's wrong with her Uh just say how you feel like I just feel like I need a change um I'm really excited to live in this other place unfortunately there isn't a room for you it's nothing personal yeah. And I'm so excited to see you around campus or whatever it is. And make sure you do it ASAP because the thing is is that if she is even remotely resting on the fact that she can maybe move in with you she's probably not actively seeking out other potential roommates yeah. and that could be another reason why she wants to keep living with you she may, may not just want to have to do that work yeah because um, it is like a task to be like these are the people I want to live with and why yeah um, I do think it is important that you're not you know I want to throw out this too is that I do think it's kind of important that you're not really good friends with your roommates. Like, I think that that was a big mistake I saw happen a lot in college where you're yeah. just kind of like living in hell. Cause, like, let's say you and your best friend are in a in fight and like she's also your roommate. That yeah. sucks. And you're in like literally like a cell, like you're in like a brick room. Like, it's so, it's just, it's, yeah. So that said, 
maybe like also think about what it is you need to, what what it is you need to value in a roommate. Maybe if like you hadn't made it so personal to begin with, she wouldn't have been able to make personal comments to you. And I think that that's very normal to get to co- college and like dive in and be like, my roommate's yeah. going to be my best friend. I think everyone acts like that. And I do think that that just goes to show like how random life is and how easy it is, how there is no the one in love or in friendship or in anything because yeah. there's plenty of people that just randomly get assigned someone. And what are the odds that that's their actual real life long like soulmate best friend partner but they wind up being lifelong best friends because of it yeah so um just yeah i just uh don't make make sure that she has an opportunity now to go find her roommate situation and that she has no reason to be mad at you because like if you sat on this for too long if you sat on this for like two months and then she had to like you know classic thing at Boston College would be like, you know, someone would just kind of get kicked out of like the group at the last minute and wind up living either off campus or like in this weird building called 66, which was just units that were like <sighs> little, um, just like little one person rooms. Yeah. Ed, Ed lived in one of those one year. Which I would People love. lived in 66 were weird. I know. I loved it too. They had sinks and toilets in their, in their room. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. It was like really wild. That's- and it was the only dorm like that. It was for, like, the others. It's where the others went. Yeah, I would live there. I'd lived in sober housing freshman year, too, which is really cute. Oh. I know. I had terrible roommate problems all through college. In my freshman year, we lived with an RA. There were two bedrooms with two girls in each room, and I was in the RA room, and she would – I'm a very light sleeper. Mm-hmm. And she would scuff her feet – she would drag them and she would wear these slippers that made so much noise on the floor. Yeah. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I said something to her about it. And it was like war from then on. And she, this is going to sound psychotic, but she was like sitting at her desk and she had these little tiny like statuettes. Um, and she was playing with them. This sounds like a horror movie. And making them talk. And there was um, – she was black. So I'm white. Not, yeah. And she had a black girl and a white girl. And she was like – said something like, I don't like you. Well, I don't like you. Why don't you just move out? And then she threw the little statuette across the room at me. And it landed on my desk. And I was like, this girl is psychotic. This is so weird. She's making dolls talk like they're us, which that's also a conversation we had not had. I wish we did. Also, why do you even have dolls in your room? It was so weird. Yeah. And because she was the RA, her name was plastered all over the door in these like construction paper things. It said her name everywhere. And I don't know if it didn't say our names at all or if our names were just once and her name was like 70 times. And so – My other roommates also felt a lot of friction with her. And one day we took all of the extra things of her name off the door. Yeah. Because she was acting like a dictator because she was the RA. So there was just one of her name and one of each of our names. And she spun that like we were being malicious. We were all in trouble. It was just like so crazy. 
That seems an appropriate, like a bad setup, like setting you up to fail by putting regular students in with an RA. Like yeah. that's just like, first of all, no one likes the RA. No one no. wants to like the RA. Like they're just there to yell at you for drinking and smoking weed. Yeah. Like, that's all they do is just like you're being inappropriate, busting you, like writing you up. Um, That sucks. That would suck. That's like living like in the same room as the warden at the jail. Like yeah. you want to know that you have some breathing room. It was awful. And the next year I lived with friends and that was much better. Um, so yeah, it's not like you can't live with friends, but no, you can, it's just difficult. Yeah. You just need to really, it's hard. Honestly, the only way you can figure this out is kind of to make mistakes as you go and learn mm-hmm. and just make sure that you don't keep making the same decisions over and over again that have the same results that you don't like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do what will make you happiest in the long run. And you know what? If this girl gets mad at you, so fucking what? She probably will get mad at you. Just accept. I think it's better to actually plan on her exploding. Yeah. So that if she doesn't, you'll be like, oh, great. Mm -hmm. And depending on what kind of person she is, she might be like, okay, cool to your face. And then like you find out she's like talking shit later. Whatever it is, it, it does not concern you. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with her. And you just have to let it go. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Easy. It's easier said than done because, like, we both hate confrontation, I think, probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I just have gotten to a point now where it's like I just have to do it sometimes. Like, I'm, I just don't want to be passive aggressive. And that's usually what I wind up becoming. And I hate – I think passive yeah. aggression is, like – one step like it's the last stop on the block before being like the worst person my friend (laughs) said the most amazing thing i was talking about someone who was passive aggressive occasionally and she said passive aggressiveness is not an occurrence it's a state of being yes Yes. so someone isn't just passive aggressive every now and again Mm -hmm. it's their state yes and I think if someone is in that state, it's usually because they aren't able to assert boundaries. And it's like I've also been that way. I think we've probably all. Um, but this That's girl also sounds. Controlling. Yes, this girl sounds passive aggressive and controlling. Yeah. My least favorite form of pa- passive aggression, like the one that I would say ma- like makes me angry, is someone saying something under their breath. Yeah. As they're either about to leave a room or as you have left the room or like I I, I hate the under the breath thing more than anything because it's like you don't want to do anything but make me feel bad. Yeah. Like you don't want to – you can't even be brought to say it out loud. You'd rather just like mumble under your breath like a coward. Yeah. And like that's also a way that people try to – that's like a manipulation tactic to like try and change a person. You yeah. know what I mean? Like because then they'll be like, wait, what? And they you start training yourself to – to listen for that. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's girl, stay away from passive aggressive types. They, they're fucked. It is. It's totally a state of being. There's people who just do it or don't. And yeah, yeah you're so right. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Let's take your next call. Let us know what happens though. Update us. Please tell her soon as soon as possible. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with our next call. 
Hi, Malls. Hi, Christina. Hi, guest. My name's Alex. I'm 26. I live in San Diego, and I've got a little bit of an emotional dilemma. So I have known my best friend for over 10 years. We've spent quite a lot of time together. Um, in the course of our friendship, I've lived here in San Diego, but I've also lived other places. Um, but we always have been super close, shared a lot, shared a lot of memories, shared a lot of stuff together. She recently just got engaged to her longtime boyfriend, which I'm actually super excited about, very happy for her. However, a few weeks ago, we got into this discussion, me and her and her fiancé, about best friendships and what a best friend means. And I have always thought of this person as my best friend and my you know, sincerely my soulmate, somebody I could tell all my secrets to and and really just is the definition of friendship and closeness. However, she shared that she has not necessarily had the same feelings towards me or really just about anyone and that she believes that it's not constructive to have the, to use the term best friend, she has a lot of different female friendships and she does not feel like it is necessary to quantify or qualify her, her friendships. Um, I was kind of taken aback a little bit by this just because I, I have felt in my mind that this person was, was, you know, kind of my soul sister and I felt like she didn't really reciprocate that feeling. You know, it doesn't necessarily deny the closeness that we've had over the years, but it certainly does change my reality a little bit and and how I've always kind of perceived the relationship to be between us. Um, I'm not really sure quite what to do. I'm, I feel a little bit brokenhearted, to be honest. I feel a little... I feel really hurt by by it, that she wouldn't hold me in the same regard that I hold her. Um, it's Things have been a little awkward between us. I've been a little hesitant to to reach out and a little hesitant to open up about this this kind of stuff. You know, the conversation ended in a lot of tears and, and a lot of pain on my end, but I don't necessarily feel the same that she kind of walked away with that similar angst. So I'm just wondering, was is the the whole point of this conversation, is it childish? Is this what it's like to move forward with female friendships? Um, you know, is this what I have to expect in the future from not only this person, but also my, in my relationship with other women? So just wanted to hear what you guys thought about this. I I could take some tough love if if I needed, but I also kind of want to see what other people out there think. So thanks, malls. Thanks, guys. I'm thinking it's because her boyfriend or her fiancé was there, right? I don't know. I – this sounds so painful. This is – it is heartbreaking. a lot of it. I just – I feel confused and I'm wondering, like, what was going on for her – for your friend in that moment where she felt like she needed to proclaim all of that. What was the point of that? That's very hurtful. I think she's in a very, well, I'll, I'll give you this from two sides. I think that it sounds like her friend is in a controlling relationship where she's being controlled and they probably had the conversation about, she's probably had to tell this guy, 
like, you know, I have best friends and this has been an issue for them. This has been an, I'm guessing this has been an issue for the two of them because, um, like the only reason why someone would probably go out of their way to explain this is because she's had to explain this exact same thing to him before because he's trying to be controlling of her. And so the, the reason why this probably came up the way it did was because he was in the room. I think that it's an odd conversation to have with someone at, especially at age 26, like, are you my best friend? No, really. Are you like my best, best friend? Like, that's a weird conversation to be having as an adult. And I do think that Alex sounds like lovely. I just think that this is like you're. I think that if if you're very, very hurt by this, like I'm I'm just I'm weird. I'm a little bit weirded out that she thinks that this is like a testament to how people behave in life and how you know, she's going to get screwed over by other women. Like, I that just jumped to a lot of places for me that I yeah. just was like, uh, like, how did you even get this far down this path? Like, because if she counts you as a really good friend and you feel like she's your best friend and you feel that she's been acting like your best friend, why are you so insecure that you need that label? Like, really, does it... I had a friend that was obsessed with, like the wedding I'm never going to have, she'd always be like, am I going to be a bridesmaid in your wedding? And I'd be like, no. And she'd be like, why? And I'd be like, because honestly, like if I had had a bridesmaid, it would be like my cousin or like Christina or Ed or something like that. I'm like, but no. And like, she was really like hurt by it. And she would bring it up regularly and in public. And I was just like in front of other people. And I'd just be like, why? Like, why do you need to be in the wedding I will probably never have? Like, yeah. why can't you... If if the day was about me finding someone that I loved enough that I wanted to spend my life with them and spend $100,000 on a party to express that, uh, like, why would it be about you? Why would it be about me proving my loyalty to you? That is very... It's just odd. And I think that sometimes, like, I understand why you're... I understand why you're hurt. I'm sure it can't... It doesn't feel good anytime someone who you really care about seems to reduce the role in their in your life that they let's say for all intents and purposes someone is your boyfriend and he won't give you that label. I can that's very hurtful. That can be very very hurtful. Um, but it doesn't seem like you feel this way about this girl. Like you're not getting 100 percent of her. It's really just the label that bothers you. To which I kind of have to say, grow up. Yeah. Um, I see both of those things. I think, I think that I, I do fully understand that if she has had a certain relationship with this girl for so long and it seems like a given that they're best friends and then to have someone sit there and say, I don't believe in best friends or whatever. I think that's pretty hurtful. Sure. It hurts, but like, but I also, the thing that popped out to me was um, Alex, you said, you know, she's about to get married and I'm actually very happy for them. The use of the word actually, actually did stick out to me. And I'm wondering, like, what is going on with this guy? What's the dynamic between your friend and, and the fiance? What's the dynamic between you and her fiance? What's the dynamic between you and her in light of the fiance, and I'm wondering if there's some sort of feeling of panic of like being replaced and the friendship changing mm-hmm. now that she's going to be married, and 
just kind of dealing with that. Um, it's a tricky one. And I definitely don't think that it is a foreshadowing of every female friendship moving forward. And it, I even like as an adult woman in life struggle with like, what level should my female friends be in my life? Mm-hmm. And I have actually had sad moments where I've felt like, oh, I feel like I would call so-and-so my best friend or so-and-so my best friend, but I'm not sure if they would call me their best friend. And I have, it's not like I've had a conversation with them about it. And that does feel sad. And I actually don't even know if that's true. I don't know if like someone asked them that if they would say that. I've just had right. those feelings sometimes. And um, I think we do need to find a balance as adults of what level your best friends play, especially in your everyday life. Like if someone is getting married – you're probably, you know, that dynamic's going to change. You're not going to be talking to them every single day, like maybe you did when you're 16. It's just different. And people have jobs and they get kids. You're not going to talk to someone with kids every single day. Yes. And so I think you're also feeling growing pains of a relationship that started when you're, what, 16? And now you're 26? And I think maybe... She's sensing that you're having trouble to the adjustment and maybe she was a little harsh, but we're doing a lot of guessing here because we don't have all of the information. But I think that we can do, we can say like, let's look at the previous situation, the call we answered just before this. Like in my, in my mind, Alex is the roommate that she, like the one that she doesn't want to live with anymore. Yeah. I feel like you're, I just the. By the nature of the fact that you even had this conversation, I am very strongly getting a vibe that you're a little bit up this girl's ass. And like, it's a little bit, I mean, that's yeah. annoying when someone's up your ass. That's annoying. And you need to sometimes put them in their place a little bit to say like, yeah, dude, I care about you. But like, you are not my sun and my moon. Like, you are not like everything. And yeah. like, I think that that's just it's. You know, when an adult gets upset about something as trivial as a best friendship label, when someone has for, again, for all intents and purposes, been your best friend, like, just, and then you call a podcast about it because you, you get, like, to even have a conversation where to the point where you and your friend are both crying is very rare in my life. Like, that's like a yeah. very rare, that's a very rare situation where both people are so upset that it's like, you can't stop the storm. Rarely does that happen. Yeah. And it's only with best friends that that happens. So if you were both upset, I would go ahead and say you've known the answer the whole time. But you're right. I also think there's there's two – the actually is always a big one. It's always yeah. a big word that people skip over. It's like just is a word that people skip over a lot because it's casual. Yeah. But – it's a very loaded word. And, it's a um, loaded, loaded word. And there's two ways that that actually could be, which is one, act- you're actually happy for them because, um, you know, even though this guy's kind of a bad dude, you still are happy for your friend. Or maybe it's not easy for you to be happy for your friend. And so it's you're a little bit impressed by yourself for, like, not having a problem with him for once. Because this is, like, this goes back to my LC theory, Lauren Conrad. It's, you know, Lauren Conrad was the was the Kristen the whole time. Yeah. Like, 
Lauren Conrad was the worst fucking friend in the world. And like the whole thing was about you're my best friend. Like you have to be my best friend. And it's yeah. just like it's literally like the the show that the fact that she gets to have a Coles brand because she got to be she was the worst friend in television history for five years infuriates me. Yeah. Like that's you're being a little bit of an LC if you're going to if we're going to be honest. Yeah. You're too old to be talking about best friends like this. And if you uh, I, I think I think there's like got to be a balance like a little bit of what Malls is serving you right now and then a compassion for how you're feeling. I understand how you're feeling. When I have felt what I just shared where I'm like, oh, I feel like um, maybe I would call this person my best friend, but maybe they wouldn't call me that. I did not have a conversation with them about it. Do you know what I did? I let it go. Totally. And because we do not own our best friends. Mm-mm. We do not own anybody. We don't control anybody. And if you can somehow come to an ability to just let it go – and just let the friendship be what it is, which means like you don't, you know, you strike a balance. You you reach out to each other, but you don't obsessively hound the person. It's very balanced. It doesn't feel like you've called her seven times and she hasn't called you back. Like that's like take a step back and look at the situation and let it be in balance. And when you let it go, it will be so much easier and it will feel much better and you'll be able to have a true secure friendship sure. that that doesn't rest on you know these labels and whatever else also if you call someone your best friend and they don't call you their best friend that doesn't mean they're not your best friend right and and to your that point i i was thinking you know i don't know if it would bother me I'm sure I have people in my life that I have a false sense of closeness to um, that like I'm like, oh, I thought but I thought they would invite me to something like that or like, oh, I thought surely like I would be included in this. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that it it is tough. It's tough when you learn that like, you know, for one reason or another, like maybe this person doesn't hold you in that same regard. But that said, like. You were not this was a shock to you because you brought up a conversation that you normally would never have. Right. Like this was, I think this was very casual and you're overreacting. And I do want to say that I think that you're doing a great job of doing the, the good person thing of acknowledging her hurt. But I do have a, sometimes with acknowledging people's hurt feelings, I have a hard time with that because I don't necessarily, I don't want them to think that I think that because I'm acknowledging their hurt feelings that I think they're right or appropriate. And, like, I don't, like, I, like, let's not, like, get that twist. I feel bad for you. I feel bad anytime anyone feels bad. Yeah. But, like, I think that, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I just, I yeah. don't know. No, I agree. It's a tricky one. I think we're also missing so much information in this phone call. Which is also always so we're very like, telling. We're playing detectives here. It's also very telling when people don't, when you, when, what people leave out because, that to me says something and, and it's another like kind of maybe she's a little bit of a drama queen sort yeah. of thing. Because I think if I were to tell a story like I just did, I owned my part of it. Mm-hmm. And this story doesn't have any owning of her part of it. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what the problem is. You know what I mean? What do you think her part could be? Like what's an example? Well, of it that? might be. If she's up her ass. 
Yeah, it might be um, not accepting change. Yeah. Um, holding on very tight to something and not wanting um, the dynamic to shift in any way. And I actually, I, it's got to be historical. There's this saying that my therapist says, mm-hmm. if, if you're hysterical, it's historical. So if you're hysterically upset about this, it's triggering something else in your that's from your past, usually rooted from your family, and it's making you feel feelings on a level that maybe aren't appropriate to the situation, and they are rooted in something else. Like, you know, maybe you didn't ever feel acknowledged by your father or <laughs> something like that. Um, there's got to be something. She has trust issues with women, and I think that's pretty obvious by the fact that, like, the words, like, is this going to affect all my female relationships moving forward? Like, the fact that those words tumbled out of her mouth was very telling to me that it's, yeah. like, like, almost as if she's looking for an excuse to have an issue with women or mm-hmm. she's trying to, like, reconcile some greater thought that has nothing to do with this anecdote she told us. I mean, because this is essentially just an anecdote. This isn't, like – yeah. You're, you know, there's no telling, like, if, again, like, I really think the guy, she just is, like, she doesn't want to talk about it in front of her fiance. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, if I was, if I was the fiance witnessing this conversation, I, I think that I'd be like, I think that I would find that to be like, very strange conversation. I was thinking like, why is he there for this conversation? Just yeah. the three of you? That's and, weird. And I think that I would I would think like if, if it was my fiance who had a friend doing this to them, I would think like that's not a good friend. No. Like that that's dragging this out of them and like this is a ridiculous conversation and like obviously like, you know, I would also be like it's interesting to me that my fiance is so dead set on um, getting across this point that they won't even compromise a little bit and be like, I mean, I don't believe in best friends, but if I did use that label, I would use it on you. Like that would be a nice way that she could have kind of softened the blow for you a little bit. Yeah. Um, but she didn't do that. And so I would really wonder what he's thinking. Maybe he doesn't particularly care for you. And I don't, and that doesn't necessarily mean anything bad about you. Maybe he just doesn't. I mean, a lot of guys don't like their girlfriends to have friends. <laughs> That could be it. I really think that could be it. That's so weird. I know. It's weird, but if if they if it's a if you can create a hive mind mentality like yeah. anyone that comes in is is a, that's a threat to that is, you know, a threat to that. Yeah. Um just get I just move past it, girl. And Maybe if you can to- have a therapist I really suggest it because I I do think this is rooted in something that has nothing to do with her. And, you know, again, to go back to my example, when I had that thought, I was like, what's this about? And I journaled about it and I talked to my therapist about it because it actually has nothing to do with any of the friends in my life. It has everything to do with historical shit that I'm just dragging along Mm -hmm. that, you know, comes from the women in my family and the way that they've treated me. Yeah. So I think you need to do some deep self-investigation with the help of a therapist would be great. I just think everyone on the planet needs to be in therapy. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And you guys, we have Talkspace as a sponsor of this show. So 
go check out Talkspace. I actually think that that's a really good resource for people. I can't believe that it's only $32 a week for therapy. That's not an ad. This We're not getting paid for Talkspace oh, this wow. episode. But it's $32 a week that's for amazing. therapy. And you can call this person whenever you want. And it's your dedicated therapist. And then like, you can just pick up the phone. You can text them. You can do video chat, whatever it is you want. And like that is something that I could have really used when when I was like, especially before I had health insurance or anything like that, I really could have used that. Yeah. So um, I think that's an amazing service that they're providing. There's plenty of therapists who need to build practices that are perfectly good therapists. You yeah. Know? Um, right before we end this one, I just want to make it clear that although – I agree with you, Miles. Although I was, I feel compassion for your hurt feelings. I do think you need to own up to your part in this and figure out exactly what it is and why this is happening for you. Mm-hmm. I just feel bad if anybody feels bad, but you know, sometimes we feel bad because of our own doing. Sure. Yeah, you don't want anyone to feel bad. No, of course not. It's yeah. I think that's a really good way to put it. All right. Was like another call, but please update us on this, especially if you have any details that you could kind of shade in to give us some more context. That might be really nice to hear retrospectively. I'd also like to know, like, if you've come, if you've investigated this, if you've really like taken a look at a why that actually word came up. To if you think that maybe there was there is a dynamic there between her and her fiance that's really unhealthy and would kind of sway the way that she would react to that conversation. Yeah. And that also freaks – I have to say, it freaks me out that you didn't bring up that. Like, I hope my friend is okay. Yeah. Because my mind would go to that. My friend's not acting the way that I've known them to always act. Yeah. That means something's maybe wrong with them. Right. And I didn't hear any – and and to be honest, like, that does not a best friend make. Like, zero concern for her. Yeah. Like, what could be going on with her. Yeah. There was none of – there was nothing about her on the call, so. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway – Take our next one. Hey, Malls. Hey, Christina and whoever the guest is. Uh, My name's Alex. I am 25. I live in the Midwest. um, And I appreciate you. Just kidding. I I love you. I love you, Molly, and I love you, Christina. I love everyone. Um, (laughs) So I need some advice on something. Um, I have just been feeling like lately I don't have the social life I want to have. Like I don't like, make plans that I, you know, want to have with my friends, um, or they don't make plans, or, or whatever it is, um, they're just, they tend to be kind of flaky, um, these are kind of my best friends from college, and, um, we don't live in the same city right now, but near enough where we can meet up and do things, but, um, it takes some planning on my part, because I have two jobs, and one of those jobs is bartending, so if I want to do something with them on the weekends, I need to know in advance, so I can take the night off, and, like, I'm fine with that. Um, I lose out on a lot of money when I do that, but it's important to me to, to see my friends. Um, so here's the situation. I um, There's a music festival in between our two cities, and um, I really wanted to go. Um, and I texted them about three weeks in advance, and I was like, hey, guys, do you want to go to this thing? I, I just need to know because I need to take off work. And they, um, you know, kind of flakily answered, like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good, whatever. And they didn't really give me any solid details um, of about that but I you know they said yes so I took off work it was great um and it's a two-day thing and I really want to go to the Friday one um a friend's band is playing on the Friday night um and then there's also the Saturday um so the festival's coming up next weekend I have work off um losing out on money that's fine um but 
um, I texted those friends and I said, hey guys, we're still on to go. And um, one of them texted back and she said, I'm good afternoon on um, Saturday. I can't do Friday because I I made plans. And I was like, "Um, I thought we had plans. I didn't say anything. I feel awkward saying anything. But but I just don't understand, like, I asked her several weeks ago if she wanted to go. She said yes, so I took off work. And, and she knows that I took off work for this. So I don't know. Is this something to bring up with her to tell her that that hurt my feelings, um, that she's blowing me off for other plans? Um, I guess Saturday works. Um, maybe, is that too much to expect to go to, like, a two-day festival? Um, I don't know. Should I just let it go? Um, yeah, please advise. Thanks. Hi, Christina. Um, this is Alex. I called about, or I sent in a voicemail before about um, a festival that my friends kind of bailed on me about. Um, but I just kind of wanted to clarify, like, you know, since I sent my thing in, my friends kind of ditched out on the whole thing. Um, so that kind of sucks. Um, but actually, um, the reason I was calling wasn't just because of this one isolated situation. It's just kind of like, it's like a pattern in our friendship, and I feel like um, they tend to not really, like, care about my feelings or care about how, like, those things, like, affect me or hurt me, and um, so I just, I feel like it was such a petty thing to call in about, but um, I just want to clarify, it's more like the action, how I feel about the action um, in the context of our friendship and not just this, like, one isolated incident, like, you know, me just complaining, like, oh, boo-hoo, I want to go to a festival, and I don't have anyone to go with. I just, you know, want to clarify, it feels, like, more significant than an isolated incident. So, anyway, thank you. I hope that clarification is helpful. It sounds like you're you're not cementing these – I'm not saying it's your fault to the caller, but it's it doesn't sound like you're really cementing these things down. Like, something like a music festival and taking time off work. That should be something that's cemented down before you do that and then get mad at someone for not doing it. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I think – how was it said um, that she asked, like, would you maybe want to go to this? And they're like, yeah, that sounds good. It's not like, okay, so – there's this musical festival. It's two days. I really want to go. I especially want to go on Friday. I'm going to take off work. Can I count you in 100%? That's the way – exactly. That's the way you ask for a plan. And she even said – like, oh, they kind of flakily said yes. And it's like, well, if you know that they're being flaky even when they're answering the general question, then I think it is safe to assume that they're going to be flaky about this situation Um, as well as the fact that they tend to be flaky in general. So, like, if you know that of these people, I think that this is where you start start to, again, like, we've been talking about this off mic, but just I think it's important to make a decision about what, if you don't need someone in your life and if they're not adding value to your life. And it doesn't seem like these people are adding a lot of value. You just seem, like, annoyed you're missing out on work and money and a festival. And did she say she bought the tickets and was planning on them reimbursing her? She didn't say. But I I would assume that's kind of what happened, right? Yeah. I mean – I'm not really sure. Yeah. I mean, what I would like is if in the future – It seemed like she was like a – like she jumps the gun. Jumps the gun, yeah. When it comes to plans. Like, all right, I got the tickets, even though nobody said like a firm yes. Right. It's like, okay, it's a golf work. I got the tickets. Like, what's going on? Yeah, and and I think that you – I think that what would be great is if like you could take that and – Use it just for yourself. Like, just say for yourself, like, I, you know, if 
fine. They're not going to go. Like, I still really have this passion about going to this music festival. I'm going to go myself. Like, I took the day off work. Like, I'm going to see if a different friend can do it. Or I'm going to, like, invite someone that I've been meaning to be friends with that, like, I haven't gotten around to hang out with them. Yeah, and also if you go to the thing that you really love and and are excited about, you might also meet more people who are love and are excited about the same things as you. I think um, you need to make very definitive plans. And if you do not get a definitive answer from them, you know that the answer is no. And then you can plan accordingly. Do I still want to take off of work and go to this festival? And if you continue to make very definitive plans that are very clear and they don't want to hang out, then you need to ask yourself whether these friendships are worth your time. I agree. I agree with that. I um, Yeah, I just – I am a little bit – surprised today at some of the themes sometimes these themes naturally emerged in the show and like you know I think that at 25 this should be something that you know um and 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 if you don't know it this is time to like learn the hard lesson and learn it once and for all because like yeah people are going to continue to do what they've been doing the entire time and it's not going to change and it's not going to make you like the fact that you're the only unfortunate thing about the situation really is that you is that it, it it affected you negatively. Like that's giving a lot of power to people that like can't even pick up the phone for some reason. Yeah. Um. And you know I've been in situations where I've been like disappointed by a friend, like you know not pulling through at the last minute or maybe being not not a good sport in in something. Like I've had a friend like say like yes to something and then like not be happy the entire time they're there. Yeah. Which is miserable. And like you don't want that either, by the way. So like you can also look at it in that way and say at least they're not like showing up and ruining my day. Um, Maybe they're much, uh, busier than you. And like something popped up last minute on Friday and she like had – there's oftentimes – I mean in our business anyway, you know, sometimes things pop up and it's like, hey, you have to audition for this tomorrow so you need to like stay in tonight or like, oh, now I have a meeting in Santa Monica at like 9 a.m. tomorrow or 5 p.m. tonight. Like, and that's just fucking eats your day. And like, so maybe that's I'm that maybe that's what happened. It's, it's also But her friend said, like, no, I have plans. It which made it seem like she wasn't even aware that the Friday was on the table. Oh no, I think that she was like, she said, like, are you coming to the music festival with me? Yeah. And then she said on and then she was like, Yes. And then the, she said, so about that music festival next week. And the girl was like, I'm going to go with you Saturday. Friday, I have something to do now. Yeah. That's what, how I took it. Yeah. And Friday is a traditional work day, like for most people. So it's also yeah. kind of a tall order to just expect someone to take work off unless you guys are all students. Or it something. just sounds like none of it was clear on either side, but mostly on her side making the plans. You know, she'd yeah. be like, I want to do this two-day music festival Friday is the most important day to me. I'm going to take off work. Are you in for that? And That's exactly and if the way. you if you were clear about it, you wouldn't text them like, "So are we still in?" That means you're also not clear mm-hmm. on their answer. So I think it's just like don't be afraid to be more clear and really specific with like self-possessed like just fucking own it like walk into the situation and be like this is how you make plans like I don't know how you don't know that how to make a plan I'm not I don't want to like 
roast you for that. But like, girl, like pretty obvious. Like, let's put two and two together. Like your flaky ass friends. Yeah, you have to be really fucking clear with them about what it is that you're doing. How do you know? You're 25. You know that. Like, this is a point in your life where you start shedding like friends. And, oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this but this is like a little bit late in the game, I think, to not. I don't want you to spend like, girl, if. If some if someone chronically disappoints you, you gotta get you gotta drop them. It's not even a question of oh they're flaking on plans. It's like they're chronic disappointments, yeah. you know. And that is that's detrimental. Well, she mentioned the larger issue of them not like taking her seriously or taking her feelings seriously. Or I just don't think they sound like real friends. No, no. I think that they are like girl. You deserve better friends. <laughs> exactly. I mean, bare minimum, your friend should like you and take you seriously as a person. Yeah. Um, I think that that is also like it may that makes me worried almost that it's like an assumption though that she feels that way. Like maybe I don't know. I'm 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 just I'm I'm worried about the way that you're reading the situation since we don't know you. It's really hard to tell. But I would ask someone in your life who can be honest with you, someone who's not in this friend group, maybe it's your mom, maybe it's someone who's known you your whole life, and say, like, do I sometimes completely misconnect the dots? Like, is that something that is common with me? Because I have been noticing, like, I'm suffering. And when I called into this podcast, it was so obvious to everyone else in the room that I did not ask a direct question. Like, is that common to me? Do I do a lot of soft asks? Like, that's, like – that's another thing too. Maybe you're not like really saying what you want. Maybe like you can't – you didn't ask the way that Dre just like perfectly phrased that, which is how you ask someone for plans, by the way. That's the exact model for it. Um, so also if you are someone who does do soft asks and you think that there's a definitive plan, but you're the only one who's aware of it and the other people – don't know that there's a definitive plan. You're just setting them up to disappoint you. And then when they disappoint you, you're taking it personally. Like they don't take you seriously. They don't care about you. But when in reality, they didn't even know what the plan was. So the only way that you can be completely clear about, you know, maybe they don't take you seriously and maybe they don't care about you as much as you care about them. But you can't know that until you do a hard definitive plan and a clear ask yes and and let them show up for you and when that's such a good thing that is first of all that's such a great point and and I'm going to add on to that and say that when you're like the cruise director in a situation when you're the person who's like putting together a social event it is your job to be on top of everyone and say so just so we're clear for the plan on Friday you know or like hey you know call them on Thursday excited to see you tomorrow like it's on you to do that because it's otherwise I'm, I'm just going to say it seems like you're trying to set your friends up for a fail. And yeah. I like to set people up as, mu- as much as I can for a win, which is that I'm like, there's basically no way you can disappoint me unless you're fucking just like blatantly like not. Yeah. Like you just fully don't respect me and don't think about me. And there's a difference in your checkup. If the plan is clear, you say so excited for tomorrow. Um, you know, who's bringing snacks? It's 100%. not, it's not, are we still okay? Or are we still on for tomorrow? That means that y- nothing was clear from the beginning. So you're guessing as well. Mm-hmm. When, if it's clear, nobody's guessing everyone, you just assume that everyone will be there unless you're told otherwise. And then that's, you know, your friend's responsibility to be like, actually, I can't make it. 
But that just takes very clear planning. It seems almost like a little bit of like the reason why I'm like starting to get like mad about it a little bit is because I'm like, I this feels like a test to me. Mm. And I don't think tests are fair. I don't think that it's fair to expect someone to read a book or as I'll borrow from the hypnotist you sent me to. Yeah. Trying to get everyone to see your movie. And like if someone doesn't know that they're being tested on whether or not they show up to a music festival on Friday, yeah. like they're not going to prepare for that test. Right. And like to just expect someone to walk through something knowing how to handle it with without you ever saying directly, this is how I like things to be handled. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up. And it's like it's 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 a it's manipulative. And I think it's something that people can do subconsciously as well. I'm not saying that you're doing this in like a malicious way. Well, somebody must have done this to you in your life. Your mom must make plans like this or somebody. And if that made you angry, then I know it's true. Yeah. <laughs> like somebody else communicates in this way with you because you had to have learned it somehow. I think know? people – I'm just not – I can't think of one person, but I can think of like just like tests that people run on each other. Just yeah. Just like I'm going to see – I mean I had an ex that would always like – if I said – like, if I said red, it must be because I secretly meant green. Like, and like that, you know what I mean? And I yeah. was always like, that drove me nuts because I was just like, not only do I feel fucking insane, but I feel like I'm being treated like a person who's a pathological liar. And like, also, I'm being accused of having motivations that literally have never occurred to me. Like, it would never occur to me to like trick someone like that. No. You know? So it's just like, it. that is, that's something that like, I think. Yeah, I've known a lot of people who do that. Like, it's very like common in in young high, in young friendships to like high school and stuff like that. Silent yeah. tests. It's like it's it's not unlike the best friend call at the beginning, to be honest. Which is just like, you know, like why? Like, if your best friend has been acting like a best friend this whole time, why do you need to hear best friend? Yeah, it's like sick a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Make I'm clear sorry. plans. Sorry your feelings were hurt, though, that you didn't get to go to them. Did you go to them? Did you go to it? Uh, I hope you went. Um, yeah. I mean, and also I'm glad that you had enough time to, like, you. I hope you went and did something productive with that and invited someone else and not miss out on the fun time. All right. Um, are, do we have any more calls, girl? We do. You want to do one more? Yeah. Okay. Hey guys, I'm calling from, nope, I'm leaving a voice note from outside, so hopefully it's not too windy. I just had kind of a, it's a, there's a story behind this, but I have a question. Kind of curious if you're going to just tell me what I think you're going to tell me. Um, but basically, okay, my mother is an addict. Um, I'm about 35, I'll be 35 this year, and I have a, a younger sister that's three, no, five years younger than me. And we grew up in, you know, with my mom all the time with the, the addiction stuff and the negative men and all that. And I always protected my sister and I always protected my mother and I kind of stepped into the role of my mom. And there was a lot of resentment between me and my mom for like a really long time. Um, and, but the only thing that I treasured was the relationship with my sister cut to, um, that was us all growing up and, and she lives in Louisiana and, uh, I moved to Austin, Texas, uh, 
10 years ago. So cut to now where all this time I've always wanted to have a relationship with her because I thought that we were very close and I'm starting to realize that she's never really seen us as close and despite me valuing our relationship and thinking that we were all that we had for each other. And um, anyway, it's it's gotten to the point where uh, she just went through a divorce, like a pretty messy divorce. Um, she'll be She's officially divorced. It's been about over a year that she's going through it. But she's completely cut ties with everyone in the family. Um, and heaven forbid someone tell her the truth about how she's making people feel. Um, and I say that because she'll call when she needs money. And then she won't answer the phone just to have a conversation and be a, a sister. So I'm curious, do you think I'm being selfish to want a relationship with her? Do you feel like she's being selfish to cut everyone out in the family? I kind of think there might be some drug use involved. She also doesn't communicate verbally. Uh, she kind of reacts to things um, instead of talking through things. And I've always been the one that talks through things. So I don't know if I'm projecting my expectations of what a real relationship should be onto her. I don't know what I'm saying. What's your advice? Do you feel like I should let her go? Um, she's at this point completely blocked me from her phone. She doesn't show up for holidays in, in Louisiana. No one really knows what she's doing anymore. And she's kind of isolated from everyone. Um, I wonder if I should be giving you more details, but hopefully you can help me with what I've given you. All right. Thanks, Miles. So this was amazing, actually, because this caller chose to do something that no one's ever done before, which is just amazing. Um, she sent us privately her sister's Instagram handle as well. And I wish you guys, I hope from now on, if you feel like you need to describe a character to us and we don't get send us their social handle. We won't post it, but I've just spent some time going through her sisters. Stray's going through them as well. And they are illuminating photos. Um, you know, her sister is somewhat, uh, popular. She has more Instagram followers than I do by like a pretty large margin. Um, she is beautiful. She is someone who's very pretty heavily tattooed as well. So I'll just like throw out those things first as, as those thing she's somewhat known and she's has got a very distinct look to her um i think that i have to reference my sister jody sweeten and talk about mm -hmm. how in her book unsweetened um she were you the one who asked me if she's really my sister no oh okay someone someone asked me and i oh no it was um jessica um oh that girl jessica um but anyway uh Jody said in Unsweetened that one night she was at the Roosevelt Hotel and the Olsons were there and Mary-Kate kind of like cold-shouldered her. And at the time, she thought it was because Mary-Kate was embarrassed to be seen with her, but she realizes now that Mary-Kate was probably going through something more similar to what Jody was going through than she had realized. And um, I do think that when you bring up that maybe she's dealing with some shame stuff around possibly like drug use herself, I... I first of all, I think your your sister sounds a lot like me. Like that is how I when I'm done, I'm fucking just like done, and I can maybe pick back up a very long time from now. But the me, that version of me that's alive right now, whatever that version is, is fucking done with you. And that could be for a variety of reasons. It could be from anything from I don't have any good news to share, so I don't want to talk to you, or like I don't feel safe with you in that moment, or I feel like our priorities are entirely different. Um, there's a wide variety of reasons why I cut friends and family out of my life in the past. Um, but 
Um, I mean, it's not like you have a choice about how you get to handle this, really. Like in terms of she, she's she's blocked you on everything and on your phone and everything. Like you're, I mean, you're. How are you going to be? How are you going to have a relationship with her? I think that you need to accept that right now. This is where it's at. Your sister, either way, is going. It's not your job to caretake for her anymore, and that she, if she is dealing with drug addiction or just whatever, partying too much, like that. That's going to be something that she's going to have to figure out on her own. You know from dealing with your mom that you can't fix someone else's addiction um, no matter how bad you want to. Um, I'm sure you want things to be different for your sister. Also, if she is – you don't know why – we can't know why she's cut all of the family off. I know personally, you know, I had a period of time where I – cut my family off because I had to draw hard boundaries. Um, And that happened when I started to work through things in my childhood. And um, after maybe four years, I lifted that um, boundary and I, you know, went back home and stuff, but I still kept them at a distance. And you don't know what she's working through at this period of time. If she is, you know, in therapy or something and working through stuff in her childhood, your perception of your childhood together is one thing, but you don't know what her perception of childhood was. And I know that if you have come up with a mother who is an addict, Mm -hmm. there are many levels of trauma that can happen. And I think it is perceived differently depending on your role in the family and, you know, you having a sort of motherly role and then the both of you having um, kind of, you know, unsettling feelings about your own mother, you know, if you were her mother figure and she's dealing with her actual mother figure, there might be all sorts of things that she's dealing with and coming to terms with and you don't have control over them right now and you can't do anything but, you know, if you love someone, just let them go. Maybe she'll come back around in a couple years. And it is painful for you, especially if you felt like you really protected and took care of her and were more of the parent figure in that relationship. But you're not actually her parent figure. And you have to not sort of want to govern what she's doing in life right now. Mm-hmm. You're used to having that role with her, but that's not your role anymore. And that might be upsetting and she's made a choice that doesn't make sense to you. But somewhere within her, it makes a lot of sense and she's clearly not able to, you know, explain it to you or the rest of the family right now. There could be things that have gone on that you don't even know about that she's processing. And like, and and you're so exactly right that everyone takes something like having an addicted parent and, and they process it entirely differently birth order certainly has a lot to do with that too, but then also just like the uniqueness of being a human. Like Mm -hmm. everyone takes that and processes it in a totally different way. For you, you had to become an adult and like, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and raise your little sister. For her, she may be wondering, you know, like why was I never, why did my mom never love me the way that, you know, there was never a window with my mom like that. And, um, and maybe she thought that you were the one who was loved or something like, you know, totally. you have no idea what it is. I will say that 
um, your sister had a quote up on her Instagram that I thought was really interesting that that was like her motivational quote and it just said, protect your magic. Mm-hmm. And I think that one, that's a, a solid, that's a, as far as inspirational quotes go, that one doesn't bother me too much. But I think that that says a lot. I think that that really kind of says it almost all. Like she's in a very, she's coming from a place of defensiveness right now and not necessarily in a bad way. She's trying to protect herself. She's trying to have her armor up because she does know that like at the end of the day, she is a child. Like she is a, she has an inner child. Like she is a just, a, she's just a person in a body like all of us. So like, I think that she probably is walking through her life right now, trying to do the best she can, and maybe, yeah, maybe. I don't know. She also needs to, and she might be going through, standing in her own self in this life on her own. And it's important to her to know that she can do that on her own. If you have sheltered her and brought her up this whole time and it was an emotionally traumatic upbringing with your mother, you know, she needs to know that she's okay all by herself without anybody. And, you know, she has her inner fire and it burns bright and it's enough for her, especially with that protect your magic line. But, but I, we forgot to address that the reason – one of the reasons why she gave us the Instagram handle is because she wanted us to assess for narcissism and drug use, was it? Is that the other one? Hmm. I mean, I would say that your sister looks like someone who could either be heavily into drugs or completely straight edge. Like, I yeah. don't know. You know, like, that could go either way. Sorry, sadness, not drug use. So, oh, sadness. Um, I mean – this what what we're seeing what I see on her thing is not unlike a lot of people just like melancholy and lots of selfies and like I think yeah. that that's almost a generational thing like uh, to a yeah. certain extent um but there's plenty of people her age whose Instagram pages do not look like that and would be mortified if like there was that many pictures of her however your sister's incredibly beautiful she does seem insecure and um she needs the validation mm-hmm. from but so many people are like that, and it's just kind of a sign of the times. There's just like – I personally am like if someone has every single picture of their own face up, yes, I do think like, okay, here's someone who needs a lot of validation. Maybe there's a little narcissism. I actually think it's – if it's a guy, I usually think it's narcissism. If it's a girl, I usually think it's massive insecurity. Um, but again – all of that is fine to sort of like guess, but it doesn't change the fact that she's not, you know, she has put up a hard boundary and all you can do right now is respect it. And mm-hmm. if you, of course, that's going to feel so sad. This is, you know, your little sister and you only had each other growing up and, you know, all you can do is sort of deal with your own end of it and journal about it and maybe go to therapy and talk to your friends or but I think, you know, in talking to your family, if you all discuss her, I think it's important to, you know, not trash talk her, but just discuss, like, your feelings about it. Like, I miss her. I feel so sad, you know. And also have her back because, like, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that, like, try your best to use compassion when it comes to this. Why would someone want to distance themselves from their entire family? Like, the answer to that is never positive. Yeah. Um, and so whatever the feeling is, you can't control it, but you can have compassion for it and say, like, that's 
that must be really dark to feel like you can't even call your own sister who loves you and like raised you. Yeah. And if you want someone back, just think about it. Like if you guys are maybe talking about her or, you know, saying maybe she's on drugs or whatever else or I don't know, just – just think about like if you had blocked somebody and and um, they wanted you to come back, what's the behavior that they could do that would get you to come back? And it would probably be very loving and accepting and, and hands off. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to make someone want to come back, not, you know, obsessive reaching out even more, disrespecting the boundary. And I get it though. It's a fine line like you're worried about your family member. But you can see through Instagram that she's alive and well. Exactly. So there's nothing actually to worry about. I think that there is something, though. I did I did have a friend, and I like kind of had a friendship breakup not long ago. And at the time, I had asked her, you know, like, it would mean a lot to me, like, if we could go and, like, sit down and talk. And, like, I'm sure, like, it's, it's very apparent that you're frustrated with me. I'm not exactly sure why, but I care about you a lot, and I would like to know those reasons. Like, what – what did I do? What Like, give me the notes. Like, even if you don't want to be my friend, just still give me the notes. Like, so I can be a better friend to someone else. She said something like she didn't want to, you know, she's like, I don't feel like having a heart to heart with you right now. Like, and I was like, okay, fine. You know, and I just said, but the offer stands and it's like, it stands. And so I heard from a friend recently, I said, like, have you spoken to her? How is she doing? I, you know, haven't heard from her at all. And she was like, yeah, she said something about like, how is she just felt it had been so long that she felt weird reaching out to you. And like mm. this person that I thought was like done with me is not in fact she's not done with me. She's waiting for she just thinks it's she just thinks too much time has passed and it would be weird now. Yeah. And when in fact like it would just make me feel really good to hear from her. Right. Um so I I do think that one thing you can do that people especially when they distance themselves and then later feel ashamed for like not dealing with the issue more head on they sometimes get into a pattern of continuing to not be in communication just because they're afraid you're going to be mad or that there's going to be shit to like, you're, you know, she's going to deal with the world of shit when she finally comes back in your life. Like if there's a way to let her know without, you know, violating her boundaries, just say like, I don't know, mail her a card or something and just say, I just like I understand you're not speaking to me and I accept that. But like I just want you to know it will literally never be too late for you to come to me and say, you know, I'm I, sorry I fucked up. I need a family member. Like I need someone to talk to. Yeah, or even like even less of like her having to own it of like if you can send an email or a card or something just like, hey, I know you don't want to talk to me or see me. Uh, I just want you to know that if that ever changes, I'm so excited to see you and I love you. Mm -hmm. So simple, just like soft, open door, not talking about like, well, you blocked me, nothing. No, no, because that's it. I mean, it's I actually, you know, I was going to I wonder what she was thinking we were going to say. I don't know. Because when people try to get maybe she's I'm sure she was thinking that we'd say she has to just accept it and let it go. Probably. Which we did say, but yeah. Well, I mean, let us know what what happens. I um, I'm not going to follow your sister, but I'm not going to lie that I'll probably check in on her once in a while. Um, can definitely update us with this, especially if you have more information. I we would love to know. And of course, you know, this seems like a really 
This is one of the more valid ones today. So I really appreciate you calling. 323-450-7408. It's a number you can call if you want to call and leave a voicemail. So you can call to call it. Um, you can also email us at askleaseadvice at gmail.com with a voice note. Those are really good audio qualities. So when you guys do that, that's the best. Um, where can people find you online, ma'am? Uh, Dre Andre. So D-R-E-E-A-N-D-R-E-E. That's, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah. And where in your, so is there any other projects? Andrew, Andrew Tribeca, obviously, for some reason, my mouth just stopped. My mouth quit in the last five seconds. Yeah, so Angie Tribeca, season <sighs> one and two are on Hulu. Season three is airing right now, Monday nights at 1030. I don't know when this is going to air, but. No, um, yeah, it'll, this will be out in two weeks. Okay, so yeah, you'll like catch the end of season three. Um, or you could get it on like iTunes or mm-hmm. Amazon. Probably um, on demand. Yeah, on demand. Yeah. yeah. Get that shit, guys. It'll be out May 31st. May 31st, yeah. The podcast, not your show. Um, what Are you doing anything else? <laughs> Any other fun projects we should know about? Um, I have stuff in the works, but, you know, they're not. I can't talk about keep them. Keep it real quiet. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Well, thank you so much for coming back. Wags, please don't. He, I made he's it like, the audience th- needs to know I'm here, too. I know. I made it throughout the whole podcast Wags. without crying. Wags. I know. About. Do people think his name is Gooby? No, but I've been calling him Gooby lately. <laughs> you a Gooby dude? That's the name of his harness. You guys, those are really good harnesses, by the way, for pets. Are if you, you have a, a chihuahua, they got to wear a harness, man. They're little Thank necks. Um, Christina, say something to the audience. Hi, guys. Appreciate you. <laughs> Appreciate you, audience. All right, bye. Sorry, we're like fading. I know. I'm so hungry. So hot. I'll talk to you soon. I know. I'm so hot and so hungry. I actually just got air conditioning yesterday. All right, let's do this. uh, And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 